the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola, my friends. I am Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. And as my friend, I'm, I'm in hopes that you won't be bailing on us right now, just when we're getting this show started. I mean, a real friend would suck it up and, and give up, say, the next 58 minutes or so, even if they were busy or had something more fun to do than, than listen to some boring radio show. Because that's what friends do. They make sacrifices in the name of friendship. I don't think so. Now, I'll be honest, off the air, I myself don't have that many friends, you know, for just that reason. I mean... I, I could get buried with requests by tons of random people who are basically sort of friends. And that's not even counting Facebook friends, you know? You need to know that as my radio listener friends, uh, the only thing I will ever ask of you is to tune into this damn show as often as possible. I won't be calling on you, you know, like on the phone to, to help me move or paint my house. No, I would never do that to you as I'm always respectful of your personal time. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. With that said, why don't I, you know, bring on our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Go ahead and give us a decent snicker. (laughs) Oh, snickering isn't my strength, Spud. I'm much more skilled in belly laughs and chuckles. Duly noted. Good. And now I must introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Say hello, and then just zip it, please, because we have a lot of stuff to get on this episode. Very well. Hello. My name is Gerald Holcomb, and I... And you're very excited about, I don't know, it's blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. You always say that, but, you know, we have heard... that statement before so I just felt like it was incumbent upon me to just like cut through the you know whatever but now I need to bring on our show's intern or or I'm supposed to I guess I'm supposed to say his official title the most popular person on this program here is Chance the intern you can say something now not too many words though okay actually I have the green light from management to fully express myself to say whatever I want and for how long I want those are the rewards of being the most popular person on this little radio show. The numbers from our listener survey don't lie. I'm really, really popular. And I'm probably not going to like you, no matter how many pull-ups or push-ups you do. Yeah, whatever. I still don't buy it, but uh, I'm not going to waste any more time. 
you know, presenting the correspondence uh, evidence, excuse me, the corresponding evidence uh, to support my position. I could go on and on and on with uh, dissenting opinions by a variety of people, but I, I'm not going to do that because I have my host duties to attend to now. So the topic I was supposed to bring up on this episode was actually kind of interesting, but it'll it'll have to be brought up on another another episode because last night I was cruising Instagram and I came upon one of your posts, Chance, and I I, I should state for the record, I don't buy that you have over I think what is it was it it was eight hundred and forty thousand followers? No, no way. There's no way. They have to be mostly zombie followers. You know, fakes. Courtney, Chloe. Well, number one, please don't cyberstalk me on my Instagram accounts, bud. And secondly, all of my followers are legit. I don't have to buy them. He's right, Spud. All of Chance's Instagram followers are real. He gets hundreds of new ones each week. He'll crack one million in a couple of months. I hope so. Say, Chance... Maybe you could give me a few tips on how to get more followers, as my Facebook account with my wife, Rachel, can't seem to break out of the 80s. I think we have 83 right now, and, you know, it would be nice to be in triple digits soon. Yes! I can't help you, Gerald. You can't make people like you online. They either don't do or they don't. And it sounds like they don't like you. Oh, well, I I wouldn't say that, Chance. My current number of Facebook friends is because I think most people are intimidated by my profile. Come on, y'all. You know, really successful people tend to make others feel uncomfortable. I should maybe tone it down a bit and not list all of my accomplishments. Yeah, maybe you should take down that reference to being an elected sergeant of arms of your 7th grade class and, and delete that bit about you being third in command on your neighborhood block watch. I've seen the block where you live. There must only be four or five houses on it. Well, maybe so, but I am number three in the chain of command should any incident arise. But uh, you know what? I'll, I'll keep your advice in mind and I'll take a look at editing my profile. Well, that would be smart. So like I was saying, I was going to discuss something totally different on the show, but I saw this thing on Chance's Instagram that I have to deal with on the air. Chance, do you really believe in that Loch Ness Monster? I saw quite a few posts about it and a really grainy video, supposedly, or a link or something showing it. I looked at it and it's in the water in Scotland. Is this a joke or are you being serious? Oh, I am totally serious about the Loch Ness Monster being quite real. It has been documented that it continues to survive in a deep lake near Iverness, Scotland. Yeah. <clears throat> Why do you question its existence? Oh, maybe because you previously previously on this show tried to sell everyone on shapeshifters being real and other dumb things too that only wackos believe in. Please don't call my chance a wacko. You don't have any scientific evidence to back up your claim that the Loch Ness Monster is a fraud. There are many people who believe this creature is real, Spud, and yeah. doing quite well these days. My, I, I should add, I've looked into this and I've found nothing which would contradict my sweetie. They call her Nessie, and she is not a danger to anyone. So I sure wish all the haters would just leave her alone so she can live her life. 
It's not that easy. Uh, Chance, you know I'm not one to quickly rule out anything that might seem to others to be a bit outside of their understanding. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to deal with all the jokes that come with my religion. Uh, you know, like you know, wearing my magic underwear, as some call them, and, and about my church baptizing the deceased, uh, and, and the fact that God resides on the planet Kolob, or uh, that dude, there's... Dude, I saw the Book of Mormon, that, that play, you know, on stage. Oh, yeah. I get it that there, there's a, a ton of bizarre stuff in your religion, but th that's not the topic on this episode. We're discussing Chance's fascination with that, that Loch Ness Monster. You know, Chance, you, you've never mentioned this on the show ever. Off the air with me, too. I, when did you first become obsessed with Nessie as her name? Uh, I, I think he's, yeah, I mean, that's what you guys call her, right? Or it? Well, I did a research paper on her in a science class my freshman year at community college. I think the instructor was a skeptic like you, but he gave me a D on it. That is messed up, yo. Someday you'll both be apologizing to me about it. Uh, we'll see about that, but you know, we could talk about this, you know, a little later in the show. Right now, I need to play some music, so let's let's lead it off with this one from the legendary band that hails from Olympia, Washington. Uh, they're now out on tour. Yeah, that's right, Bikini Kill, and here's their song, Rebel Girl.
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, this is Sarah Silverman, and I am on the Spud Goodman Show. I don't know how my career got this low. Spud, your first guest, Jacob Batalon, is holding for you. Uh, is Jacob a pro athlete? No, he's an actor. He's been in all the Spider-Man movies and the, and Avenger movies. Hmm. Uh, I guess he has like two million Instagram followers. He's kind of popular. Instagram, huh? Is that that place connected to the Twitter? Gosh, that's a lot of followers. Maybe... Maybe I could jump in quickly and just ask him how he got all those people to follow him. I just can't seem to get my wife and I's Facebook page into triple digits. We seem to be stuck on 92 followers. So if anybody is on Facebook right now, how about going to my page there at Gerald Holcomb and follow me? You know, begging is very unbecoming. Hashtag sad. Uh, just put Jacob through it. As he has a new vampire TV show he's starring in that we need to discuss. Uh, you know, for sure, you can't go wrong with vampires. Well, if, if you say so. Here he is. Say hello to actor Jacob Batalon. Uh, thanks a bunch for coming on our show. Hey, thank you for having me on. Yeah, well, for someone who got their first film role in 2016, you've kind of blown up since then. Let's begin with discussing your new show that you star in on the Sci-Fi Channel, Reginald the Vampire, airing on Wednesdays and later available on demand. So this one's riding on you, right? It's your show. Are you a little nervous? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not too nervous. I'm actually very excited for everyone to see it. I feel like we've all done very uh, hard work and done really good work on the show. Uh, and now, now that all the fanfare is going on, I'm just excited for everyone to see it. Okay, all right. Well, give, give us the basics of the show. Um, you know, our show is very much a, a human journey uh, with, in the backdrop of vampirism. You know, I think we find Reginald uh, as a very normal, everyday person. So, you know, he, he's sort of like self-aware in that like he understands that through media, pop culture, and society that he's not necessarily viewed as, quote-unquote, a leading man type. Um and so it's it's very much that and through death he finds the meaning of life uh, uh, as in he becomes a vampire and understands the value of what your own personal value means so uh through all that that's like the sort of metaphorical like message okay um but really like he becomes a vampire and the vampire community sees him as a blemish on their otherwise perfect community and they all want him dead so it's to fight that off ah, <laughs> all right well, everybody loves vampires. I know that. Yeah. Um, well, you were born and raised in Hawaii. D did you experience uh, much of a culture yeah. shock when you moved to NYC to study at the New York Conservatory for the Arts? I mean, yeah. yes, uh, absolutely. You know, I think Hawaii is very small, and we don't really have a lot of place for the arts there. So, um, you know, moving out to New York, where everyone wants to be an artist, and everyone's like a very, it's like a very beautiful experience. You know, I, I think that. Um, it was just a really crazy from going to from knowing everyone to going to a place where everyone is just like everywhere always on the go 24-7 mm -hmm. was definitely a very different experience okay alright well the day you were cast as Ned Leeds in Spider-Man The Homecoming in 2017 was your life changed forever I mean you were then inside the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, yeah I, I would say that my life uh, because of those movies has changed in every way you know like 
all the things that I've gone through and done are all directly correlated because of that movie. So, or because of those movies, um, and I am forever grateful for that. Okay. Well, when you appeared in Spider-Man No Way Home, why did the producers make you lose 102 pounds? That's a whole other guy in some parts of the world. Not not in the USA with our crappy eating habits, but in some places, that'd be an average-sized dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, they didn't really make me do that. I, I did that for my own personal health. You know, I was very overtly obese my entire life. Oh, okay. Uh, it was just getting to the point where, like, I absolutely just couldn't be that unhealthy anymore. <laughs> Well, you pulled it off. How long did that take? Oh, thank you. Uh, it took me a good year, uh, a, a solid year of dieting and eating and working out every day. Um, and, yeah, I'm just doing that till this day. Okay. All right. Super. Congrats. Um, uh, you, all, you also appeared in two Avenger movies as Ned Leeds, Infinity War yeah. and Endgame. Can we expect Ned to continue to pop up in all or most of Marvel projects? Because think about it. If so, then you're going to be stuck at Comic-Con conventions nonstop for the rest of your life, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I would say that I'm, I, me as an actor, I, I don't know. You know, all those decisions are up to the big bosses, the big wigs who sign all the paychecks. Um, but, you know, I'm open to any opportunity that I'm given, for sure. Uh, and, you know, I would honestly say that doing Comic-Con is a really great experience. I, I met a lot of great actors who do it all the time, and it's just a really fulfilling experience to meet fans and be in the culture of geek. You know, I feel like it's a really big, it's a really big thing in pop culture right now, and I think It'd be a great gig, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just thinking maybe by your 70s or 80s, it yeah. might get a little old, but yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> excuse me, Spud. What? But maybe the listeners are not aware of this Comic-Con convention you just mentioned. Comic-Con. Well, I've never heard of it myself. You might want to take to heart what we were told by our executive producer, Lori, at our last staff meeting. You remember? She said, don't throw out too many inside show business references, as most people won't understand what you're talking about. Uh, Jacob, I'll be right back. Okay, yeah. I think just about every living being in this country is aware of what Comic-Con is. I mean, come on. Most people have a high-speed internet connection and not a dial-up AOL account like you. They know stuff. A lot of stuff. You know, our AOL account can supply us with all the information we could ever use, Spud. Faster is not always better. Right. Slower is such a better option. Uh, just hold any further comments, okay, and, until this thing is done. Uh, I have returned. Great. Well, uh, at this point, is there is there some project out there that you really want to pursue in the future? Something that would be a, like a, you know, who would, who would turn your crank? Yeah, um... You know, I really loved Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, that was a very beautiful movie. Uh, and I feel like things of that nature I, I would really be open to. Or, you know, sorry to bother you, for example. Things of, things like that are very, pique my interest very deeply. Um, and if, if a great director or great actors want to collaborate, I'm also down for those things. I, I just, right now, I'm at this point in my career where I just want to do anything that excites me uh, creatively. So I guess if I read it and I like it, that'll that'll be the one. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let me let me close this conversation with my standard talk show host question, uh, Jacob. What what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz to this point? <laughs> my most memorable moment. 
I have so many, but I would say my two favorite moments are uh, obviously on Spider-Man 3, where Toby and Andrew came along. Um, that's like a moment in time that I'll always remember. And my, and my second one is uh, for the premiere of Spider-Man Homecoming, my mother came, and she's not really good with celebrities and faces. You know, she like knows like the main people. Mm-hmm. But uh, she knows, see, uh, Michael Keaton was complimenting her about me. And she didn't know. She just thought he was some person. <laughs> so, like, she just said, okay, yeah, yeah, thanks, bye <laughs> to Michael Keaton. And uh, to this day, I I don't know if I can ever look Michael Keaton in the eyes again. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you're not on the set with him and anything coming up. But, you know, I, he, I'm sure I'm sure he'll <laughs> handle it just fine. But all right, well, hey, uh, I know you, I know you got many other uh, things going on. So let me say again that you have a new show on the Sci-Fi Channel, Reginald the Vampire, that people need to yeah. check out. So we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, thank you so much, man. All right, there you have it, Mr. Jacob Batalon. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show, right after this brief intermission. Hey, Al, this is Gwen from Trees and Timber here on our sixth Spud Women performance. Because we love it so much, we'll keep coming back until he won't let us come back. And then we'll stand outside the door waiting for him to show up so we can beg him for more appearances. Because we love it so much. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. All right, Chance, we have a few minutes here, so I wanted to get back to what we were discussing. Your infatuation with fables or stuff, I don't know, the, the stuff that most people with a brain don't believe in. I mean, you have a history of buying into a bunch of wild tales of supernatural beings or entities, and not just those shapeshifters you were big on a while ago. Now, now there's that old tall tale of the Loch Ness monster that's been around for a long time, and who? I didn't see this coming. I bet you also believe that Sasquatches are real too. Can you keep a secret? Actually, I do, because they are real. Many humans over the years had sightings of them. Native Americans hundreds of years ago passed on stories of them. For the doubters out there like you, Spud. Go on the internet as there is actual video of Sasquatches on YouTube. Yes! Yeah, for some reason those videos are always so grainy. Like the one I saw on that freaking Loch Ness Monster. They all look sort of like what they're supposed to be, but they could just as easily be some guy in a cheap costume or just a, like a, a fake styrofoam sea monster made by some jokesters in Scotland. You ever thought about that? I mean, you can't believe everything you see on the damn internet. Sometimes I hate to quote, you know, Gerald's favorite ex-president, but yeah, it, it might not be true. Uh, it's all fake news. Well, Donald Trump is not really an ex-president. He's sort of in uh, limbo right now, but very soon, maybe in the next few months, he will return to his rightful place in the White House. I love the poorly educated. Yeah, I'm sure him and JFK Jr. will be best buds hanging out in the Oval Office together soon. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, hey, Aunt Dorothy, uh, do you have anything to say about your fiancé's attraction for fairy tales? I mean, he, he might be borderline delusional. Well, who are you to say someone is delusional? I mean, after how many divorces? And you are still trying to find the woman of your dreams. That's so hot. Chance just has an active imagination. And anyway, there are so many things in this world that just cannot be explained by scientists. Yo, well, I don't believe anything scientists say. I mean, (laughs) most Christians know for sure that the Earth is about 6,000 years old. And I don't care how many of those smarty pants say the Earth is a few billions of years old. Talk about a fairy tale. Just fool me once. Shame on shame on you it fooled me we can't get fooled again gerald the earth is approximately 4.5 billion years old that Uh, is a fact yeah i think we've gone over this uh, issue a bunch of times on this show that that six thousand years old whopper of a tall tale is a joke okay well no one actually believes that nowadays yo you'd be surprised to know that millions upon millions of people around the world know how old the earth really is you can believe what you want, but four billion or eight trillion i'm sh- i'm sure you also believe that noah's ark is not real too of course not yeah I haven't made my mind up yet about Noah's Ark. I know there is a Noah's Ark amusement park where they built a replica. Yeah. So it is possible it was a real thing way back. Yeah, yeah. The Holcomb family visited Ark Encounter Park in Williamstown, Kentucky uh, two years ago, and we had a great time. They they really did a great job rebuilding the original Ark. Here's the deal. Um, I don't think Noah landed his Ark in Kentucky. Um, Pretty sure about that, but you can Google it if you want. Oh, Spud, you need to refrain from painting all controversial beliefs with a broad brush. Yeah, most people get it that Noah's Ark was a fable, but the jury is still out on that Loch Ness monster Chance is referring to. It is within the realm of possibility. I mean... Dinosaurs roamed the Earth many years ago, and and now we continue to discover species that we had no knowledge of on Earth. So, you never know. President Barack Obama was born in the United States, period. Actually, I, I do know, and, and if you're soon going to be supervising this kid as his wife, you really need to get real with him. It would be for his own good. <laughs> I really resent you portraying me as some know-nothing kid who's looking for a mother figure as my wife. I'm a grown-ass man, Spud, and I think for myself. Of course, I do consult with Dorothy when the need arises. You know, like what kind of toppings on a pizza to order or what TV show to watch. All I wanted was a Benzie, just one Benzie, and she wouldn't give it to me. Oh, just one more reason. I am so lucky to have you in my life, babe. I feel like you always fully listen to my input. Well, you know, a simple little thing like pizza toppings can tear apart a relationship. (laughs) I'm being real here. I'm not not blaming that issue on my prior divorces, but it sure didn't help the situation. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. Now, Now, on the... You know, the first date I have with a woman these days, I ask her right away, what are her favorite toppings on both a pizza and like on frozen yogurt? 
And also, what is on her list of stuff she will not even try at all? I, I just wish I had implemented a checklist like this earlier in my romantic life as it would have saved me a whole lot of pain emotionally. <laughs> uh, you know, my wife, Rachel, and I love exactly the same foods. Shut up and dribble. It's just one of the many things we have in common. Uh, the exact same foods? I don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, but right now, let's just see if our next guest is ready to go. Can someone please check? Spud, your next guest, actress Maitland Ward, is holding for you. Now, I heard Trevor in the booth say that she was on a favorite show of mine back in the day, Boy Meets World. Uh, this will be an interview I might even enjoy. Uh, yeah, maybe. You know, Maitland has embarked on a new career. It's still in the entertainment industry, uh, I guess. You know, and, and she's now an author, too. She wrote a memoir that was just released. Oh, I might check it out at the library if I see it. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I believe it's How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. Yeah. How, how Porn what? Uh, just put her through. Uh, uh, all right, I guess. Please welcome actress and now author Maitland Ward to the show. Thanks for checking in with us. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, yeah, so you have a new memoir out uh, titled How Porn Libera Liberated Me from Hollywood, published by Simon & Schuster, available wherever books are sold and if not, asked for it. So, uh, Maitland, let, let's let's begin with the mainstream uh, segment, the Hollywood segment of your acting career. You started out on the CBS soap opera The Bold and the Beautiful. You know, how, how is that gig? Because we've, we've had a few soap opera mm -hmm. actors on the show, and for sure it's got to be the toughest acting job out there. Not many perks, no rehearsals, basically, basically you know? Yeah, you know, you know what? Yeah, it definitely is the hardest job out there, especially, like, just all the lines you have to memorize, the shows you have to do. We did, like, three shows in two days a lot of times. And that's, like, a ton of, like, a big script, a ton of pages to, uh, to get down. It's, uh, so I really had a great training ground there. I got it so early on. I was, like, 16 years old coming in for this soap opera, and I got it on my second audition. And, um... So I really, I was really fortunate to be able to work with such great people overall. I mean, I had some pitfalls too with it, but um, definitely overall, Bold and Beautiful was a great experience to be able to springboard from, I guess. Right. Um, and it, it taught me a lot along the way. Well, you were, you were then cast in the ABC series Boy Meets World, playing the character Rachel McGuire for two seasons. You, you continued to act in, in mainstream projects until 2007, I believe, and later you began to explore the world of cosplay. For those like me who are yeah. kind of dumb, what the heck is that? Well, basically it's just dressing in costumes of your favorite, like, superheroes or, like, movies, anything. You know, you want to do it Comic-Cons and stuff. Basically, I like like I love Star Wars, so I dressed as like Princess Leia, Slave Leia, in the beginning. So um, yeah, my first big costume was Slave Leia, who was you know the one chained to Jabba. Um, so uh, and I did that for May the Fourth Be With You, which is a huge Star Wars holiday. Okay. A photographer actually approached me and said, "I know you love cosplay," and uh, he gave me he had an authentic Slave Leia costume. So I did that costume and uh, did it for May the 4th Be With You and it went everywhere. It was really a viral moment back in um, in the press and everything when I uh, did it. So that really set off like my cosplay career basically right. and uh, got me a lot of attention for that. 
You, you know, our intern chances into that furry scene, you know, where people go to conventions all dressed up like animals. I think they also hop from hotel room to hotel room a bit, but do they don't, they're not, do they qualify as cosplayers? If they just dress as animals? Yeah. Oh, uh, never mind. I, 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 I just I thought I'd throw it out. If you're going to be cosplay. All right, all right, got if, it. If, if it's an animal character from a thing, then it, from a movie or a show or something. Okay. All right, I just had to ask. Well, in 2013, you began <laughs> posting nude pics on social media and developed a large following, I believe. That's what I read. Uh, that was pre-OnlyFans, huh? Yeah, you know what's funny? You say nude pics. They were not nude pics. Okay. They were like bikini pictures. Oh, okay. Or the cosplay pictures. People would complain about them, and they I would get kicked off and because they were... They might have been insinuating that I could be nude at one point, <laughs> but like after the picture was taken. But yeah, they were not nudes, but they were like, so I just kept getting kicked off. But then, so I said, uh, I don't know what to do. I want to express myself I uh, and do my own thing. But um, my fans were like, why don't you do sell content? And I was like, I didn't even know what content was at that point. I was completely oblivious to that, but I decided to start a Patreon page, mm-hmm. which is something where uh, fans will be patrons of your art, so to speak, for like 15 to $300 a month, whatever their tier is, uh, and they get a certain amount of things for that, like pictures and videos and things. So I started that on a whim one night, and I didn't even announce it, so I like, you know, went to bed, and the next morning I woke up, 20 people had subscribed, and I'm like, wow, maybe I should announce it. So I did. I put it on Twitter and everything, and I had 2,800 subscribers by the end of the week. And this, yeah, this was pre-OnlyFans. Okay. Um, and this really started me off because I was like, wait, you know, I can really do my own thing and I can take control of my own career and my business and, like, the content that I want to put out. So I started, like, doing what I wanted to do, like, uh, you know, Playboy-esque type photos and sexy cosplay nudes and stuff like that. And then slowly along the way... I started tiptoeing into other things, like I wanted to do girl-girl stuff, and I, I did a lot of that. And then all of a sudden, I was like, along with my husband's uh, definite sport, and uh, like in the book I talk about a conversation that we had, I started doing stuff with guys. Right. So uh, I was very fortunate to have two professional porn guys that I found who had been in the business like over 10 years, both of them, who were able to really... I don't. I won't say train me, but help me like really discover myself as a performer, and also, you know, give me give me instruction and stuff on how to do stuff in the professional industry. And I, I'm fortunate that I was able to have that sort of sort of training before I got into the professional realm. Well, you know, I, I read in the article you wrote in the Daily Beast that you were not exactly warmly greeted by others in the mainstream entertainment industry. Is mm-hmm. that's kind of a fact, huh? Yeah, you know, I can't say anybody, like, came out against me saying, like, she's terrible. You know, there was never, like, a really a big backlash or anything. And I had such, I had such positive feedback, like, in the press and everything, and I was really surprised by that. Like, how much, like, there was nobody, like, degrading me or demeaning me and saying, oh, she's desperate and all this stuff. They were, you know what, they, they were shocking headlines, but it was positive for the most part. I would say, yes, in the beginning, right after I announced my uh, professional porn career with my first big movie, um, people were mostly like they didn't know what to say and they iced me out and they, they gave me weird looks like when I saw them. I say now that I'm three years down the road and they've seen the success that I've had and they've seen that I'm happy and that I'm sane and that I'm like, 
I'm, you know, what I'm, I'm having the, you know, time of my life, so to speak. Right. And I have this career that I've taken hold of, and I have a successful business and all that stuff. I think now they're coming back to me. I really feel that. I like people are like tiptoeing back to me, and they, uh, and they're curious about stuff, and they, they feel they can ask me questions that, um, that they've had about, I don't know, the adult industry or anything. Okay. That maybe they couldn't ask somebody else, but, uh, yeah, in the beginning, they definitely were, like, very wary. And I think it comes from the fact that they didn't know that I was doing all this content and all this stuff leading up to when I went into the adult industry. Like, well, uh, everybody thought, oh, I just did it overnight. Like, I just said, oh, one day I'm going to be a porn star. Uh, Spud, if I may? Yes? Well, Maitland was actually in those porno movies? Oh, my gosh. I, I thought maybe she was an acting coach or a producer. Rachel from Boy Meets World takes her clothes off on camera? This is very disturbing. I don't have time to talk you down right now. I don't have a conniption fit and pass out or anything. You, you, you can take your headphones off now if you don't want to hear the rest of the interview. Well, hopefully I won't be forced to do that, but can you just at least keep your questions PG? Yeah, I'll do my best, Karen. Now let me finish this up. Okay, I'm back. Okay, thanks. Well, I got to ask this because I know you got to get going in a sec, but I got I got to get this out. So, so a large segment of people, yeah. as you know, feel porn is a demeaning activity that exploits women. You don't hear much about the exploitation of men in it, but but the profession as a whole does kind of carry a negative image. What's your response? So that's very much a stereotype from the past. Okay. But yes, are there scenes like that? My scenes. Oh my God, I take eight men alive in my scenes. <laughs> I'm, I'm like very much the controlling mistress of the of the night, where I like take control of everything that I do. So I think any porn that I am making is totally different than any like misconceptions that you have of porn in the past. That's such okay. a stereotype to say that women are demeaned and stuff. There are so many scenes where women are empowered. My stuff. Oh my god! If you want to watch some of my movies, my I am very much empowered throughout the whole thing, and I think. And I think it's a misconception that porn is, like you said, like demeaning to mm-hmm. women and also like it's just stupid. Like there's no scripts. There's, it's just, you know, we can act. It's just, you know, some dumb scenes. We make full feature scripted films that we put a lot into and they are fully like, uh, you know, high, high-end cinematic films um, that I very much have a... Uh, the control factor in. Okay. <laughs> so my, my character would never be demeaned. So she'd, she'd whip the butts of whoever was demeaning her. <laughs> All right, that's for the record. Okay, well, I know you got to go, so let me say again <laughs> that you have a new memoir out titled How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. We want to thank you so much for coming on our show. Thanks so much. So much. <laughs> Ms. Maitland Ward. You must not be stampeded by rumors or guesses. Let us unite in banishing fear. It is your problem, my friends. Your problem no less than it is mine. This is a Spud Newman Show. Spud, your last guest, T.J. Miller, is ready to go. Now, I do remember T.J. as he's been on the show a few times over the years. Yeah, but I haven't heard from him in quite a while, so hopefully we can, we can get the update on what he's doing these days. I, I know he has a new comedy special out. You know, 
We have had a lot of comedians with comedy specials on this show, though you continue to reject that I am a stand-up comedian myself. I've been given some thought to putting my own comedy special out there oh, okay. for people to watch. Great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I could have my wife, Rachel, record it and, you know, like give out a few free copies around town to build up word of mouth on the street. Yeah, and, okay. You know, if I don't do this at the sports bar where I regularly perform in an open mic night, then uh, uh. maybe we could do it in our rec room at home as... The acoustics are great there. Listen, the world does not need a comedy special from you, dude, okay? Well. Trust me. You know, if comedy was easy, everybody would be funny. And trust me, most humans are not. Now, dogs and cats are funny, but, but you know, it's tough for them to monetize their stuff. So just put that thought aside and put TJ through, please. Well, yeah, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor, comedian, T.J. Miller. It's been a long time, man. Where the hell you been? It's been a very long time. I've been filming stand-up comedy special. Okay, well, yeah, I was going to get into that. Um, yeah, I've, I've been touring and doing stand-up all over the country, and I had to do two stand-up specials, one that was sort of going to be called the Pandemic Special, and the other called the Philosophy Circus, which will come out next year. Okay. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. And I did this special in Nashville, Tennessee. And, you know, as you'll see, as everyone will see, it is really special. I mean, it's kind of different than anything else uh, that's out there. It's different than anything that's ever existed. And I don't think, well, no, there will never be another stand-up special like this. And so, um, yeah, I'm so excited for people to see it. So it's, so I'm guessing it's humorous. It's not like a how-to video on taxidermy or canning fruit. I mean, this thing's supposed to be funny, right? I think so. I think you'll learn a lot of things about yourself. Okay. You know, and yes. society at large. So there's something there, too. But, you know, what's funny is it is more than funny, actually. It's, it's kind of heartwarming is what people are saying about it. People say that it's, you know, really, they kind of tear up at the end of it, which I know sounds strange, but what happened was I went um, to Nashville to record four shows, mm -hmm. uh, and then I was going to pick, you know, the best show and then cherry pick from the other, sort of Frankenstein a special together. But what ended up happening is we sort of used one show, and the reason is because I got there and I started sort of, you know, I started doing you know my material and in in the first show on friday and it was okay you know it was okay but then the second show i said look this is nashville tennessee it's basically a bachelorette party and not a city right so this might be really wild because second show friday is really traditionally the worst show of the week because everybody's you know exhausted from work drank right after work drunk before they come to the show so I said, look, if they start getting crazy, then I'm going to just rip. The director said, no, 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 we need another one. Just do your act. So go out there and suddenly, boom, it's like the best audience I've ever performed for. It's incredible. I go, oh, my God, this is going to be special. And then this guy in the front row starts heckling. And I go, all right, just ignore him. You know, maybe he'll stop. But he didn't. He kept talking. And it was sort of that heckling where he was drunk and forgot there was anybody else in the room and thought that I was just talking to him in his living room. Right. So the heckling was not me. It was just like, oh, that's true. I, I've done that before. That's a good one. And then, you know, oh, yeah, well, definitely. That's a, Yeah, that's, I agree. So I kind of was like, all right, I got to. So I engaged him. I asked him a question about his cargo pants. And he makes, he gives this long answer. 
about this. It immediately is clear he is not drunk at all. He is developmentally challenged. I see. He's got something going on where his, you know, and it's it was so interesting. So once he finishes, the audience is like, what's TJ going to do? And there's this very inappropriate, you know, this is like tension. This is, and, and so then I said, I just want you guys to know that I am not going to make fun of him at all. And the place goes nuts because the tension is released and it's all good. But then through the course of the show, he starts to become, I mean, he interrupts me. And so I incorporate him again. And then a little bit later, I bring him back to the show. And it ends up that the closer involves him. And it's, it's sort of the show, He, I lift him up to kind of be the star of the show. And it's really interesting because he's kind of my biggest fan. He's such a huge fan of mine. Deadpool, everything. He got to the show at 4 p.m. so he could sit the closest to the stage he possibly could. Right. And it was just, it, it's so fun to see. And I tell him he's going to be in a special. And it's just the most exciting night of his life. And so that's why I called it Dear Jonah, because it's about Dear Jonah, and it's also a love letter to him. Okay. And to kind of everybody who, you know, should be lifted up in any situation to be the star of the show. So it's really, you know, it's really uh, it's really a crazy different special. It's really fun. All right. Well, people can find uh, that at TJ Miller does not have a website.com and also your your dates and where you're, you're, you're touring. So let me ask you this. In, in the past, we've, we've chatted on our show uh, while you were on vacation in Brussels, and I remember that, and also on a movie set somewhere yeah. in the south, and another time, I don't know other times too, but are, are you anyplace interesting right now, or are you, in your, or, or are you like in your pajamas at home or something? I, I am in my banana pajamas uh, in, in my bedroom in Los Angeles, California. But I am high up in the sky, oh. um, and so that's pretty fun, too. I've got kind of a, a pretty incredible view out here of Los Angeles, so I can see the smog so clearly. It's just beautiful today. All right. It's got this kind of brown hue, and, you know, it just looks like somebody passed gas all over the city. So I, it's, it's just gorgeous here. I love Los Angeles. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, did you pick up any new hobbies during the this worldwide catastrophe over the last couple of years we all went through? You know, like the pandemic is what I'm speaking of. Uh, or, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. You-, you know, it's funny. I was going to call the special the pandemic special. Yeah. Because uh, it has a lot of the stand-up that I was doing. It's almost all the stand-up that I was doing during the pandemic. Uh, one thing that I don't talk about is that all of us are like, okay, we're just going to take this to just finally, we're going to do Duolingo and learn Chinese, you know? And then none of us did it. It's, you know, so it's, I think I juggled a little bit more, you know? Um, but for the most part, I think the hobby that I picked up was drinking heavily with my wife. I think we got really good at that. A lot of people picked up that skill. I thought, man, that's what I've been told. I think it was um, an easy one yeah. to pick up. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, but it's so fun. It's so fun to be out and touring again because I couldn't tour for about seven months. And I talk about that in the, the special and Dear Joan on YouTube streaming now. And um, and so it's, you know, it is a, um, I don't know, it's kind of a time capsule of what I was doing during the pandemic. And that's sort of what I was doing. I was writing during the pandemic. And so right. it wasn't really a hobby, but I wrote a series and working on another Christmas movie, in fact, that I would star in uh, again as a pseudo Santa Claus. So, um yeah, I just, you know, I kept just doing comedy in any capacity I could, but I'm so happy to be out and about. 
and so happy this is my first stand-up special in a long time right releasing another one next year kind of early next year but uh yeah i mean you know if that's what i'm into right now it's just i love stand-up and i love i love touring Okay. That's kind of my deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I myself kind of, you know, I did my show from my apartment, but I also learned how to make soap. I never told anybody that before, but it was. Is that true? Uh, really? Uh, yeah, it was kind of. It's it kind of turned out to be liquid soap because I want to make soap balls. But anyway, all right. I know you got to get going, so uh, let me. <laughs> no, I like this. Yeah, soap balls? yeah well, it turned in. I had to kind of melt them down and made it into liquid soap. But anyway, wait, wait, what, Spud? Uh, yeah. What do you What do you want? I, I I I've got to cut in here and ask why you have never mentioned before that you learned the art of making soap. That, that is fantastic news. We Holcombs have been making our own soap for years. Okay. Yeah, generally okay. in the fall when we do our canning and the restocking of our food reserves. You, you know, one never knows when the apocalypse will arrive. Uh, TJ, uh, I just need a, a very brief moment here. Dude, there will be no further discussions of me and soap on this radio show. You well, got it's, that? It's, I think Some good. things are just off limits. I, I never should open my mouth about this. Well, no. Anyway, just let me get back to TJ and finish this up. Let me just say again that you have a new stand-up special on YouTube, and you're going to be touring America until, well, forever. I, I've seen the dates. I've seen the dates booked. Yeah, you're forever on the road. But anyway, I just... No, you're, you're, you're forever my favorite. You're, so, you're just hilarious. No, I don't know about that, um, but thank you. But people can... Hey, i got to say well, this. Let me get this bald. out. Just make it bald to clean yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I should never have said... Why do you think I never told anybody? But anyway, i got to get this out. Dates can be found at TJ Miller does not have a website.com uh hey just thanks a lot for checking back in with us thank you so much and i'll talk to you from a more interesting place next time but dear joan is streaming on my youtube channel watch it share it subscribe but most importantly just have a great laugh and come see me live all right thank you so much there you have it mr tj miller my how time flies you know, Spud, after having to sit here and listen to your skepticism of many of the basic truths in life I hold dear, I have to question your connection to reality. It's like you reject facts just to be contrary. It depends on how you define the word facts. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. To me, that word means something that is true, I guess, and not an old wives' tale. And no offense to older wives. Oh, I've always taken offense at that sexist term. I agree with Dorothy. That old and insulting term needs to be retired. Really? Retired? That sounds a bit ageist. Not necessarily. As I have said on this show, I myself plan to retire in my late 20s, but... If the economy does go into a serious recession, then I might have to delay it to my early 30s. So, retirement is no longer age-related for us millennials. I don't know. Uh, okay, Trevor is saying we have a caller on the line who wants to jump in on this conversation. Uh, do you want to put him through, Spud? Uh, I guess it depends on if he or she agrees with me. That, that's always very high on my priority list. Yeah. Uh, Tell him to have another caller ready to go if this person sucks. Okay. All right. Uh, very well. Uh, Trevor, uh, go ahead and send the caller through. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Do you agree with me that 
You know, the stuff that Chance believes in is like a total fantasy. I'm on the air now? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're on the okay, air. Okay, well, uh, no, I don't actually agree with you, Spud. Uh, your intern is onto something, or at least there's a possibility that there are things out there that can't be explained by so-called experts. So, I guess, so you're another one. You, you believe in fairy tales, too, huh? All right, fine. No, no. Now, I think that your co-host, Greg, is totally out to lunch with that Noah's Ark thing. I mean, come on. Shut up. Uh, well, it, it's Gerald. And, caller, you sound like one of those atheists to me. Uh, go ahead and mock what the majority of the people on Earth believe. Just continue to do the devil's work by questioning history as outlined in the Bible. No Bible stories for you tonight. Uh now listen, I'm a Presbyterian. I don't go to church every Sunday, but I'm not a devil worshiper, okay? I just never believed that Noah's Ark story when I first heard it in Sunday school. It's just not believable. Uh, can we move off the Ark topic? So, uh, can you offer any real proof that Chance's Loch Ness monster is actually real? I mean, I'm talking about verifiable, you know, something that's real, like facts. Caller, you probably already have picked up that Spud is a hater about stuff that people can't explain. He has no imagination, no ability to see the possibilities that are out there if we keep an open mind. That was very deep, babe. Very insightful. Hey, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and actually, I wanted to tell you guys a story that a buddy and I experienced it's gonna a few be a long years story? ago. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it it was at this lake in North Dakota, and I was visiting him, and we went fishing for rainbow trout, and the lake was super deep and really cold. It was like about 10 in the morning, and we... Hey, uh, caller, caller, I enjoy trout fishing myself. You know, a triple teaser has always worked well for me, as I Uh, like to catch... Dude, this is not a fishing show. Caller, uh, can you get to your point? I don't have much time here. Uh, yeah, sure. So anyway, uh, my buddy and I were not doing that well. I think together we caught like four or five trout and on the small side. And, uh, then we saw it and I will never forget that moment ever. It was both scary as hell and also really beautiful. Uh, I don't know what kind of fish or mammal this was, but it was huge. We were not able to get it out of the water. It was so big. Uh, we couldn't get a really good look at it, and it was so darn strong. But to this day, my buddy and I know it was not something that was normal. Like it was from a different era, like an underwater creature. Caller, I believe you, and don't let others make you feel bad or question your logic. Caller, I, I don't want to question your judgment, you know, logic, or character or whatever but you you sound a little goofy to me were you and your buddy drinking or smoking pot at the time i drank beer with my friends i liked beer i still like beer hey it 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 was around 10 a.m so no we don't crack a beer until at least 
11.30 in the morning. It's kind of our hard and fast rule when we go fishing together. You know, yeah. caller, anytime you mix alcohol with recreational activities, it can be a real risky situation. Like if either of you two stopped breathing from alcohol poisoning. Will you shut the f- up and listen to me! Oh, that's funny. Like, how many cases of beer do you think can fit in a two-person rubber wrap? No, we were not under the influence of any substances when we encountered this whatever it was. I still have nightmares of looking into its eyes when it popped up in the water for a brief second. Hey, caller. I just quickly Googled uh, big fish on my phone here, and it it sounds to me like it might be one of those huge catfishes that that are out there. It's it, I just I saw it in Thailand some dude caught a 645 pound catfish. You know that's what it says. Uh, so maybe that's just this could be your answer that it's not some kind of monster from the dinosaur era. Maybe just a big fat catfish. Oh, oh right, a catfish. No way. This was some kind of out of this world creature. And I do not need your opinion on this. I just called to tell your intern to not let others intimidate him and make him feel he is crazy or something. Both my buddy and I have had to deal with that. When we told our families about what we saw, it was really disheartening. Uh, Even my youngest kid who was nine at the time said I was insane. That's some really hurtful stuff. I think the reason why is I've just been, like, so unhappy. Caller, I would never let Spud's opinion of me have any impact on my self-concept. I know who I am, and he has no credibility himself. I would disagree with that assessment. I have some credibility. Come on. Hey, I I gotta go, but I also want to say to all those listening, do not let others you if you believe in things that modern science cannot explain. Some things in our world are just unexplainable. It was yeah. nice talking to you guys, though. Uh, yeah. Later, man. You know, caller, I so... Uh, hung ag- up, I think. Oh. Uh, well, it, I caller, if you're been, listening, uh, I, I agree with you. I, I'm so tired of trying to explain to others about my choice of undergarments, for one. Uh, there are so many other topics, too, that I continue to have to respond to, you know, like from neighbors and co-workers. Oh, you whoa, ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. Okay, I, I got to end the show now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. I'm out of here. Gerald, can I ask if your underwear has any special powers? Not that I would ever buy any, but I was just curious. Well, if you must know, yes, they do. And if you're interested in attending church with our family this Sunday, I can get you further information on them. Uh, no, that's okay. I play video games pretty much all day on Sundays. Um... I need to leave now with Dorothy as she's driving me home. Bye. Trevor, I know you're still in the booth, and and Dave, I'm guessing you are too. If either of you want to join us at church this Sunday, we could pick you guys up on the way. we got plenty of room in our Astrovan. Hello? I know you guys are still in there. Hello? Copyright 2022, Spud Goodman Productions. Hello?